At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked off the vine, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home for our tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. Because we know how much you love fresh produce, we give you more time to enjoy your tasty fruits and veggies at home. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is Life Admin Life Hacks, a podcast that gives you techniques, tips, and tools to tackle your life admin more efficiently, to save your time, your money, and improve your household harmony. I'm Dinah Rowe Roberts, a commercial and finance executive. And I'm Mia Northrop, a user experience designer, researcher, and writer. This episode, we'll talk about another one of the foundations to establishing a great life admin system, scheduling. Hello and welcome to Life Admin Life Hacks. When we conducted a survey of our friends, almost 70% of the respondents had no set time when they did their life admin tasks. What this means is that usually you only do the urgent things and not the important. So the bills get paid eventually, but you never get around to sorting out your taxes or reviewing your insurance, your home loan, your super, or backing up your photos. But these important things you never get to keep grabbing your attention and subconsciously they become like demons that are grabbing hold of your brain and shaking it around. Scheduling is the answer. My partner and I call those lurking tasks blockers, those ones that you know you should do but you never make time for because you just get stuck thinking about them. You can't quite let them go but you can't actually commit to dealing with them, stress more about them than it takes to do them. And I, an example springs to mind. I started a baby book for my son, which captures those first milestones of the first year. And I haven't finished it. And he's now five. And I've been feeling remorseful about that. Ridiculously <laughs> long time to be mulling over a task. And I'm sure all of our listeners would have examples of things that they've got in their, oh my gosh, I should do list that have been dragging around for years. And I I think, Mayor, we have two close friends, and I'm sure they'll know who they are as they're listening, who we have talked a lot about their inability to get their tax returns done, and those are definitely blockers for them. Yeah. I I find it interesting the difference between sort of scheduling these kinds of tasks and routines because I'm a massive fan of routines to let you you optimise a set of steps or tasks within a certain time so you don't have to think about it. It just becomes automatic. So in our house, we've got morning routines to get everybody up and out to school and work. We've got a get-home-from-school routine where everyone gets their lunchboxes out and stuff goes on the bench. But I've never really embraced scheduling in my personal life. Work, yes, of course, you need you need to have schedules to have meetings and get things done. But in my personal life, part of me likes the idea, but part of me is kind of cringes at it. I think that the lack of spontaneity or freedom that it implies freaks me out on one level, but... I'd love the idea of scheduling because at its essence, it's just that idea of it's on, if it's on a calendar, it gets done. Yeah, and I really think that uh, it is that kind of balance between the cringe kind of thought of, of taking away the blank space, but if you don't actually schedule, you, you can't actually even create the blank space because you're always thinking about those sort of lurking tasks. That's true. So I think as we've been uh, working through this, we think there are three aspects of scheduling when it comes to life admin. 
The first is really those to-do list tasks and thinking about which of those and how you might schedule those in. Uh, The second are kind of the inevitable tasks. They always crop up and you could actually schedule them in one go, say at the start of the year, like dentist checkups. And the third are the the more fun, the more inspirational tasks which you want to do or they might support a habit or or behaviour or be something that brings you joy and scheduling those in makes sure that they actually happen. Yeah. I really like the fact that scheduling is just a natural extension of how to use your shared calendar and your to-do list, but that idea of weaving in some of those inspirational tasks like, you know, I want to have a monthly date night or I want to mountain bike more with my friends, blocking out time in your calendar for that to happen supports not just the, the, the serious stuff but the fun stuff in your life too. So, Dinah, let's tackle the to-do list tasks first because, they, you know, they have a deadline, they usually have uh, a high priority What's the approach people can take to scheduling to-do list tasks? Yeah, so I think that some to-do list tasks naturally need to be scheduled in because they have a deadline. But for the other tasks, I think you can really divide them up into sort of three groups. The first is the tasks, and most of these tend to be the lurking tasks, which require some deep thinking, some focus, you know, possibly some research, um, you know, like changing electricity provider. And so our thinking is that those kinds of to-do list tasks, you could schedule in, say, an hour, like an hour of power where you really give yourself the opportunity to focus on that challenging, chunky to-do list item. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other items in your to-do list can probably fall into two other categories, you know, really quick tasks that can be attended to straight away and maybe don't even need to be put on the to-do list. You can just do them as they come in. So those tasks, I think we can call them two minutes too easy, like filling out a quick permission slip for an excursion. Mm-hmm. And in between, you've got sort of chunkier tasks that are good to address in kind of idle time, like when you're, you know, in the car waiting to pick a child up from an activity or standing in a queue at the post office. And those are 10-minute time killers. And if you've got a smartphone and you've got your to-do list there, rather than scrolling through Facebook mindlessly for 10 minutes, you can use it to tackle something on your to-do list, like researching and buying a present online. So If you approach your to-do list in those thinking about those three different buckets, you can really uh, knock through items in a much more efficient way. Yeah, and our suggestion would be that the hour of power is something that you do schedule. So you might set a certain night each week or a slot during the day if you have some spare capacity during the day that is going to be your hour of power and you can choose what activity off your to-do list that requires that focus or perhaps research. But the other categories of to-do list tasks that could fall in sort of that two-minute bucket or the 10-minute bucket that don't really need to be scheduled. You just know that when that kind of free time comes up or if it's something immediate, you just do it. So, Mia, what sort of tasks do you think fit in the first bucket of those inevitable tasks? Well, for me, inevitable tasks are things that I know are going to come up during the year and rather than be reactive about it, I'm going to take initiative and set time from the get-go. So this could be the fact that, you know, I know my car's going to need to ser- be serviced every year and it usually falls within March. And instead of waiting for the thing to pop up on my dashboard, instead of waiting to get an email from the mechanic saying you're due, I could just I could just email them now and say, I want to pop it in. I've got a much better chance of getting one of those complimentary 
little courtesy cars and not having to do it on a night that's raining where I've got to squeeze in the car servicing between some breakfast meeting and picking up someone from netball, which seems inevitable. So things like car servicing, uh, exercise classes and activities that I know are going to happen, put them in the calendar. Similarly, you might like to tackle things like hairdresser appointments for the whole family, especially if you're one of those people whose hair grows quickly and you need the six weeks, you know, getting in there. I have curly hair. I go to the hairdresser once, maybe twice a year, but I could book them now. I put the kids in. Dentist visits. I know I'm going to hit there every six months. Let's book it in now. Because I actually hate that moment at the end of an appointment, whether it's for a hairdresser or your dentist or even if it's a chiropractor, and they say, you know, should we book you in for your next appointment now? And I never know when is a good time. I never have my calendar. I never feel prepared to go, yeah, sure, and get out my diary and just pick some random day. But if I can control that and do it from home and send off emails or book things online, uh, whether it's, you know, appointments like that, or I know if I've got committee meetings or even rehearsals or practice or volunteering, if I can put all that in my calendar ahead of time, I feel so much better about it. So I think the interesting one for me is meal planning. And so interestingly, and sort of the meal planning and the grocery shopping, and I sort of, I guess, going back to what you were talking about before about routines, I'd got myself into a routine of doing the meal planning and the grocery shopping online while my son was at his uh, sort of ninja class. And I had this sort of hour and a half of dead time that I was using to do that activity. But then things changed and because I hadn't actually scheduled it in the calendar, it was kind of just a paired thing. Um, and now I don't actually have that time anymore because someone else is taking him to that class. All of a sudden everything kind of went into disarray in our household because there was no time to do the grocery shopping. Whereas if I'd sort of had it scheduled in my calendar, I would have realised that because I'm changing things around, I need to reschedule the time to be able to do that as well. So it was interesting that the lack of actually formalizing that schedule for that time, which is a really important task to keep our family organized, you know, unintended consequence of what I thought was a good thing of someone taking him to that class. I felt silly when I first thought about putting something like the meal planning and the shopping on my calendar and also the laundry, when I, the two days a week I do laundry, but it's actually come in handy on days when I've known that I'm not going to be at home to attend to those things, then my partner can see on the calendar, oh, Mia's travelling for work or she's not available for whatever reason on these days and these are the two days that she normally does laundry. If I don't hit the laundry now, no one's going to have socks and jocks for the next few days so I've got to attend to the laundry. And it's, again, one of those uh, ways to avoid that conversation or having to do those instructions about I'm going to go to Sydney for the day and today's the day I do laundry so don't forget blah 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 blah. instead I can do that it's on the calendar (laughs) refrain exactly yeah definitely the on the calendar yesterday um we had to pick up a birthday cake for my son's birthday party and I had scheduled it into the to the calendar and uh and so it just made it so easy because it was in there with the address the time and everything and so there was no chance we would forget it So there's that third category of things to put on schedules that can support you making time for what you want more of. So a few years ago, we set up a monthly movie night, which I have loved. It's on a Monday night and it is a great way to ease into the week. 
And we set up the dates in January for the whole year ahead. We had like five people, six, how many of us? Five people coming. Five, yeah. Work, kids, travel, all of that stuff had to be taken into consideration. But because we could plan way in advance, most of the time all of us are there. Are there any other examples of those kinds of inspirational, aspirational activities that you've wanted to lock down into a calendar? Yeah, so we've got another family that actually we uh, were friends with when we lived overseas and they live on the complete other side of Melbourne. So we really don't get to see them very often, but we have made a commitment to go camping two weekends a year. So at the beginning of the year, we agree which of the two weekends we're going to go camping together um, as a family and we schedule them in and that makes a big difference to make sure that we actually keep that friendship going and we also, you know, get to connect over being, you know, outdoors with our kids, which is something both families really value. So that's been a great thing to really lock into the to the calendar. Yeah, I think visiting family, friends or like monthly gardening, book club, date nights, if you want to have regular dinners with friends or family, or if you know each year that you're going to host, you know, a grand final barbecue or that Australia Day, you want people to come by or you're going to actually have birthday parties for the kids that aren't on their actual birthdays. If you know all of that in advance, you can put it in a calendar and essentially it supports whatever you hold important in your life, whatever you want to direct more energy towards. If you're locking it into your calendar, then your calendar actually reflects your priorities in life. And I do think some people hesitate to do it because then they think, oh, well, other things will come up and it will be challenging. But you can always reschedule it. It's just making sure that there is some time you know, locked away. And if you have to change the date because of something else comes up, that's okay. It's not like it has to be set in stone, but it really it's it's that commitment that you're going to make the time to actually and, you know, that you've tried to lock it in as, as early as possible. Yeah, I like the idea of thinking about it as this foundation. It's like, this is my new baseline for the year. I'm still flexible. I can change things, but at least I've got a foundation that reflects the kinds of things I want to do this year. Or you might use a calendar as a sort of scheduling idea to restrict how much time you spend doing something. So if you think I'm watching too much TV, I am reading way too late into the night, I need to give myself a bedtime or a limit on when and how I use social media or decide when I'm going to stop looking at work emails, then you might set aside chunks of the day in your calendar where I'm like, okay, for 30 minutes between X and Z, I'm going to feast on social media and then that's it. Or I'm giving myself a bedtime at 10 o'clock because I really would rather spend my time exercising and the lure of reality television. I need a need reason to turn off that TV. So you can use scheduling to restrict some time, um, some, some activities as well. So how are you going to be using these ideas in your life right now? How are you going to apply this? So what I did do is after I kind of went through that big cathartic or scary exercise, depending on how you look at it, to sort of reestablish my to-do list system, I really realized there's lots of those important things that I sort of never got around to that were sitting there on the to-do list. So I've really set aside some time every week where I'm really focusing on getting those important things done. Uh, so for me, it's kind of a, an ongoing hour of power that I'm having every Sunday night and I'm using that time to really try and pick off one item off my important to-do list every week. 
And also then um, if, if for some reason I can't finish it on a Sunday night because I actually need to speak to someone, then I schedule some time in my diary during the week to finish that activity so that I'm slowly working off one task at a time. And what about you, Mia? Uh, I've got a few things I've popped in. So I mentioned, you know, there's some of those inspirational activities like movie nights and choir and things like that that I like to go along to. I've made myself a, a Sunday get set hour where I do admin for our holiday house. So we've got a shack that we rent out an Airbnb and inevitably there is some emails and some instructions that need to be sent out. So I do that. And then I spend about 30 minutes just looking at the week ahead, making sure I know what's happening and the ducks are in a row and emails are sent and sort of a bit of planning. And then Tuesday, I've, Tuesday night I've set aside for an hour of power. So that's the night where my partner usually works late every week and that's the time I'm going to set aside for those tasks that don't necessarily have a deadline but just never get done. I find myself with the like 10-minute time killer kind of stuff, I find myself doing that when the kids have their screen time. So I try and stay off my screen when they're not having screen time because they just hassle me about me being on my phone. When they're having a great time, I'll get out my computer and just get some tasks done or call people or whatever I have to do. I've also locked in things like gardening once a month because we, we used to do that regularly a few years ago and it made a massive difference to keeping on top of the gardening. We didn't do it last year and you can tell. <laughs> you can tell. So I'm going to reinstate that. And the other thing I wanted to lock in was some weekends away with my girlfriends they have got to be one of the hardest things in the world to organise just because everyone's availability and the sheer importance of women. Uh, hard to extricate them from their families and work lives. So I want to lock them ahead of time and I'm going to book the dentist and the hairdresser in advance. That'll make me feel great. Yeah. I won't have that little moment of, oh, don't ask me that question. Yeah, I recently locked in the orthodontist appointments for the next year because I have to go every six weeks at the moment. And although the orthodontists, you know, they're like, oh, we only schedule two appointments at a time. I'm like, no, no, really, I'm sure you've got a calendar there. Let's just lock them in so that yeah. I can make sure that nothing comes up in my work calendar that's going to clash with them or if it does that I can actually uh, do something about it, you know, rather than it becoming you know, less and less flexible as, as time goes on. I also really thinking that I'd like to start at the beginning of the next year of really locking, you know, sitting down and locking uh, some of those other things in the more inspirational tasks around, you know, maybe spending some more time with my husband, locking in some more date nights, things like that. Um, one of the other things I really want to lock in for next year is our family holidays because this year we really struggled to actually find times that worked and we've got we really want to do a ski trip next year so I really want to lock in the dates for that quite early and you know lock away the organizing of it so that it actually happens. It's quite wise for businesses that have services to let people or suggest to people to lock in their dates in advance so that they get guaranteed return customers the place where I go and I go to the chiropractor and have a chiro session and a massage and they give you a year's worth of appointments so when you sign up at this sort of wellness plan they will give you a discounted rate on the treatments and then they will lock in your preferred day and time 
every month or whatever the, the frequency might be for you for the entire year, which is fantastic. So that they obviously have this guaranteed stream of income. They know people aren't going to go, oh, I don't know if I need it this month. If it's in the calendar, you're kind of like, oh, I've got it booked in. Who doesn't feel great after a massage? I'm just going to go. So it's quite a savvy business approach, but it's also incredibly convenient for me because I don't have to think about it. And, of course, I can always cancel it if for whatever reason I don't need it that month. Yeah, I think that interestingly, I think it's becoming more and more common and it's sort of also linked to those kind of subscription services of things now. So now I I actually just get the food for our dog just is on an auto delivery subscription. So I don't have to think about it anymore. It just arrives at the front door. I do think that kind of, you know, it's just makes one less thing I have to worry about. I don't have to have that on my to-do list anymore because it just happens. Yeah. For people who are looking for a bit of structure around how to schedule and routine things, routinize things for getting their house in order, they might want to check out the Fly Lady website. This is kind of, I think we've mentioned it in a previous episode around uh, to-do lists, but she gives quite a prescriptive approach to how you might look at your house and she gives you a monthly focus for a new habit related to your house. So each month there might be a habit such as menu planning. Then there's a weekly focus for the zone in your house that you're going to organize and clean. So for one week, it might be the bathroom. The next week, it's the kitchen. And then there's a daily focus for your attention. So one day, it might be tasks that you're procrastinating about or decluttering your bag and your car. It's supported with daily emails and apps. And she kind of coaches you through tackling every room in your house. So that's one way to get some of those inevitable or to-do list tasks done as well. So obviously there's quite a bit of effort involved in setting up these schedules. Why do you think this is an important thing to tackle? I think it comes back to what I talked about at the beginning. It's those lurking tasks that, you know, continue to kind of grab your attention and they really deplete your energy. So if you don't actually schedule the time in to actually tackle those important tasks to get to those important things, you never actually get to them. You just keep thinking about them. So, you know, and when you do actually achieve them, when you, I just recently finally sorted out my superannuation, oh, it was just felt amazing. It was a, a really big high. It was, you know, real, a dopamine hit of, you know, crossing that off my to-do list, that thing that I've been thinking about for years. So it really improves your quality of life once you sort of get those important things off the list. What about for you, Mia? Why do you think it's important? I agree. There's definitely that peace of mind knowing that the important things are getting done and it definitely helps you fight procrastination if it's something that you have put in a specific date and time for. But I also like the fact that it forces you to make choices about how to best spend your time. We've all got a 24-hour day constraint and it forces you to think about what kinds of activities and tasks and habits you want to make time for. And it also supports, you know, the, the the way that new habits stick. So if it's in the calendar, it's there every day or week or how long the frequency is, it's going to support that consistency and the repetition and the lack of decision-making required for that new habit to get momentum. And really, for some of these, you know, hour of power, you might think, oh, that's not a lot of time to do anything. But chipping away at tasks over time, you can accomplish a lot. You know, an hour a week steadily looking at these different activities, you can get so much done in the span of a year. 
Well, I think that wraps up everything we've got to think about scheduling for this episode. We'd love to hear what some of the listeners schedule in and if they achieve more by scheduling in their life admin tasks. So Mia, do you have a life admin high of the week? I do. I've had myself a little unsubscribe festival this last week. I wanted to reduce the emails coming into my inbox and be a bit more discerning about what email newsletters I was actually using and enjoying. And usually I would just see them pop in and roll my eyes and hit delete. But this week I actually took the time to unsubscribe instead of just delaying the problem to another time. I just was finding that so many emails are weekly, which is just overkill. I'm just, I need to slow my life down a little. I can't keep up with the suggestions of the things to do in Melbourne and awesome places I should be taking my kids and the art that's on. Maybe on a fortnightly basis, maybe monthly. Too much. Weekly is just too much. And I thought maybe I should just make a little folder and I can flick emails in there for reading later. But I thought, Mia, be real, you're never going to go into that folder ever and you'll just see the numbers growing and get stressed about it. So I just unsubscribed. And if I miss them in the future, I'll resubscribe. But that's probably not going to happen. And now I have three emails in my inbox. I think I've got 11,000. So I think I've got some unsubscribing to do. <laughs> There's so many people who you look at their phones and it's like, 8,000 in red on their home screens. I'm like, how do you how do you even look at that and not just kind of fall into the fetal position? But we're talking about life admin highs. What's yours, Diana? So actually I went into our study and I cleared some lingering kind of paperwork off our study desk. So it was actually some old magazines and, you know, various things that we hadn't known what to do with and my husband and I were quite brutal and finally just cleared everything off our desk. So literally on the desk, there is now just one little container with some pens. And so it's just feels so enjoyable to walk into the study now and to see the desk. And, and so I've now actually started working at the desk because I never used to want to work there because it was too messy. So I always used to work in the dining room, but now I'm really loving sitting in the study and having that sort of clean and clear place to do my life admin. And also sadly, sometimes when I have to work from home. Let's include a photo of this Nirvana desk situation in the show notes. Okay, we will do. It's amazing. Tell me, is there a life admin low to balance out that amazing little achievement there is one actually so I had to uh, renew my passport and it's actually a really easy process now you just get onto the passport website and you fill in some details and you print out the form and so I had taken myself off and had my passport photos done so all I needed to do was go to the post office and to you know submit the form And so I'd looked at the website for my local post office and it said, you don't even have to make an appointment at your post office. You can just turn up anytime. So of course I thought, oh, well, I'll just pop that in my bag and I walk past that post office all the time. I'll I'll definitely pop in one day. But of course the days have worn on and it's been a month since I printed out the form and you have to go to the post office within a month of printing out the form 
Is that because of the passport photos need to be, you know, no, so I think damn. You've got six months with the photos, but the actual form oh. they say, you know, and it gets when you print it out, it has a date on it, and it says you have to go oh. to the post office within one month. And now that I haven't, I'm going to have to redo the form. Like it's not going to take very long. It's just frustrating that I have to redo it again. So it's kind of apt given we've just talked about scheduling because if only I had scheduled it in my calendar, even if I didn't have to book it with the post office, I would have done it. So the lesson is schedule it in. Yeah, it's one of those things. I can do this anytime, which means I'm never going to do it. Correct. So you had that in your handbag for a month? I had it in my handbag for a month. <laughs> Together with my passport too, which is probably not a great idea to take the passport with you. And I kept finding it going, oh, yeah. there it is, as I'm, you know, getting out to pay something. So anyway, I, I'm hoping that this week I will reverse that sin. And what about you, Mia? What was your life admin low? I'm planning to make a start of my digital photo backlog over the weekend and my grand plan was I was going to take my computer to the holiday house. We've got this shack. It's got no Wi-Fi. At night time you can read, you can play board games or you can watch free-to-air television. I thought, perfect, I will watch ABC2 comedy, big Saturday night. I'll have my laptop on my lap and I will go through the photos and this will be my new ritual but I didn't even take it out of its case. I didn't turn it on. I don't think I took it out of the bedroom. I just sat on the couch laughing but feeling guilty because I was still not doing my photos. And we are dedicating our next episode to talking about this because I'm so aware of the onslaught of photos that's about to happen over Christmas and the holidays. And I've got 10,000 photos on my computer and I don't do anything with them. No one ever sees them. The kids don't even, there's just nothing. So that was my low. I don't think that your pairing habit is quite working there. So you might have to come up with something else to pair with. (laughs) So I think you're also going to do a a sort of book review for us this episode. Yes, my book review, this app is Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McKeon. And I read this book in two days. It's very approachable and really practical. Essentially, it is about thinking about all the things that are going on in your life, the activities, the people, the habits, and having a think about whether you actually need to maintain them or whether you should be letting them go. It's written in four sections. The first section is essence and talks about the mindset of an essentialist. So it talks about empowering people to recognize when you actually have a choice and making those choices, sort of moving from that idea of I have to do this, I have to do that, to I choose to do this. It's talking about how to weigh trade-offs. The second section's about exploring, and it's prompting you about how you might be more discerning and identifying what is vital in your life versus trivial. The next section focuses on how to eliminate that trivial stuff, how to cut it out. And then the final section's called Execute, So how to make the vital things effortless. And it really prompts you to consider how you can fill your life with doing all of the right things for the right reason at the right time for you. I loved one of the quotes that it had at the start of one of the chapters, a Socrates quote that said, beware the barrenness of a busy life. And I know that I have lots of friends and family members who are so busy all of the time, but yet don't really feel like they're getting to the things that really give them joy or 
they're not really spending their time in the way they'd like to be spending their time. So it's an enjoyable, accessible, thought-provoking read to help you get to that place where you feel more in control of how you're spending your time and your energy and getting to some things that feel more important to you. Well, it sounds like a great book, Mayor. I think I feel like I need to read it after the busyness of my last week. That wraps us up for this episode. Remember to try out our life hacks for scheduling this week. Make some decisions about the types of things you'd like to dedicate time to each week. Schedule inspirational tasks, activities and habits that are important to you. Schedule the inevitable tasks so you can stop thinking about them. And consider scheduling in an hour of power dedicated to clearing some of the dreaded life admin tasks in your to-do list. If you'd like to join us on our life admin journey, please head to our Facebook page, Life Admin Life Hacks, to follow us and share your thoughts on what we're doing. And feel free to post any comments or certainly post suggestions that we might be able to use. We hope to see you there. Thanks for listening. Show notes for this episode are available at lifeadminlifehacks.com. If you're a fan, please subscribe and share the love and tell a friend or review us in your podcasting app.